This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. MyBookie presents Shake Them Ropes. Use code ROPES. Get double your first deposit. Jeff, Chris here. Chris, I'm watching wrestling this week, especially on Wednesday. I'm struck by a tale of two companies. And, like, WWE is a military academy. You do everything by the book. You do it our way. You do it the way we want you to do it. If you're having fun or you get some artistic creativity, it's a luxury more than a perk of the job. AEW is that alternative school with, you know, we don't really teach classes. We just, you know. I went to college at UMass, so the five college areas. So, like, I went to UMass, which is kind of more what NXT is like, whereas this is more like Hampshire College. You know, create your own major. Do what you want. There there weren't really grades at Hampshire (laughs) College. They had bicycles all over the campus named after U.S. presidents. Really? A lot of good parties over there at Hampshire College. They have bicycles named after presidents. And you could just ride them. They're they're just free. You just pick them up. Like, do they have the personality of certain, like, William Henry Harrison only, like, last year, like, a couple of miles, and then you're done? I rode James K. Polk <laughs> drunk one time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no one's ever said that, ever. I don't think. I don't even think during James Polk's time anybody ever said that. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what makes me so good at broadcasting. Even a better joke if you say James Buchanan. But <laughs> There you go. There you go. I see what you're doing there. I, d- I did you. the Vice President's episode uh, about um, his... Uh, His friend that he lived in the same house with. Mm. Well, then he had a friend. I think, okay, yeah. Well, maybe Polk is a better joke. Was it Polk that may not have dated? I don't know. I I can't remember. Um, Yeah, but somewhere in the middle, there's a happy middle. And I I wish, like, I'll, I'll tell you why I got so annoyed at AEW this week. With the exception of the first match, the Ricky Starks match, and I believe the main event, I think every match and every segment featured a dive to the outside on a bunch of people. Yeah, no, it's funny. The way you open things up, I was kind of thinking about how there's a happy medium between the rote way NXT and WWE matches are executed where they're like, everything is so predictable and you can feel when they're going into this phase and that phase and there's just nothing organic. Whereas on AEW, like I was watching the 10 versus orange Cassidy match. There's a point where like he was doing like a long stalling suplex. And I was thinking, you know, that's the kind of stuff that like WCW used to do that. I'd like, and there's something about like that match cadence that I really appreciate, but yeah, you're right. Dives all over the place. Every match and every single match with the exception of the opener and the close kind of fell into that self-indulgent tendency. 
a bit. I, I think like meetings are, hey, what do you want to do? Okay, great. You know, as opposed to, you know, and that's why segments go over time. And that's why, you know, they're rushing finishes from time to time. Yeah, I, I, I don't want rigid, strict formula, but I also just don't want, hey, man. <laughs> I mean, we've compared it to a jam band in the past. Yeah. And like the Britt Baker match this week was very foregone conclusion-y. It just kind of felt prolonged get to that in a bit let's do a little bit of news here up at the top of the show looks like raymond james stadium it would appear wwe is gonna sell tickets to wrestlemania for 2021 how many is unknown uh, I, um... I mean what might be the buzzkill <laughs> on this whole plan jeff now this is, is a rumor. selling this the is tickets. this is this is merely a rumor from inside right. the ropes but if they don't see a good market for tickets and i think they might have a real problem trying to fill a venue um, well no they're not going to fill it it would they, they would do it like uh partial capacity because like the university of miami and the miami dolphins can have thirteen thousand fans at their home games and aew is allowed 15 percent capacity in its stadiums and la's not going to be open by then and that's where it was planned to be this year so i think they're just gonna Go, hey, we were supposed to be in Tampa last year. Let's do it this year. And at least some people can come down and maybe there'll be some boost and there'll be some energy here because we can't do this empty performance center thing again. Yeah, no, I mean, that's certainly a quandary. Uh, I, I, the empty performance center WrestleMania was not a good product. I just think, I think it, there's a lot of presumptions that go into selling tickets for an event in April of 2021 at this point. And uh, a lot of known unknowns and unknown unknowns in terms of things that this company, uh, people who would be traveling to come to this event and the people of Florida are going to be facing right now. I, I mean, you know, like I'm dancing around the word, but the coronavirus is still very much a thing. And, and who knows where it's going to be six months from now. It could be going away. It could be getting worse. It's anyone's guess. Uh, even experts don't really have a it, kind of an expectation on this. And so like, it's a, it's a hell of a burden to ask a ticket holder to kind of plan to make reservations. And Oh, by the way, if I was going to buy a ticket for this event, I would want to see what the refund policy was going to be rather explicitly before I'd ever buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been confirmed that uh, in three weeks, Vince McMahon and the WWE will take control of all Twitch and cameo accounts of talent. Andrew Yang has been snooping around again, making noise about WWE becoming members of the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, hey, I think this is a good thing. Um, like, you know, politically Yang and I are semi simpatico or whatever, but like putting that to the side, like I'm just talking about this from a person who does commentary on wrestling for a long time. The performers have had a hard time getting to a place where they can get, I think the protections that they deserve, um, particularly on the healthcare side. And you can make a lot of money or more money than us and still have 
working conditions that are substandard, you know, and, and we've seen countless stories throughout the years here. And it's unfortunate that actors in Hollywood and stuntmen in Hollywood um, and, and more figures um, kind of from California haven't been a bigger and stronger voice on behalf of professional wrestlers. And it's good, in my opinion, that Andrew Yang is coming in and filling a void that I think other members uh, and peers, um, actors who are kind of sort of wrestlers and wrestlers who are kind of sort of actors, um, like uh, it's good to have someone stepping into that gap. I am a member of the Screen Actors Guild. I I do not make enough money or work enough, and I haven't been out on auditions in a while to get their health insurance, which I hear is fantastic. I I think to to me there's too many thi- loopholes that they could play with for me to really think. I mean, get them in in the union, yes. Get them get them their insurance, yes. I just I don't trust Vince. I think Vince will will go okay. Find me how to how to make everybody a day player for scale, and then I'll give them stunt bumps. And then I'll pay everybody 10 bucks a show or something like that. That's my fear. That is my big fear. And like three people will be taken care of, you know, they'll, they'll be the stars and then everybody also be listed as co-stars. And then there'll be that, all that acrimony of people getting, you know, put in. I, I, I went over this two years ago now on the, uh, ask me anything show. I, or maybe it was just last year about why I didn't, why I wasn't sure if, SAG would be SAG SAG would help the WWE because I think there'd also be mass firings involved as well. Um, I, yeah, I I'm willing. I'm, you know, I'd love for them to be able to stand up for themselves. I'd I'd love for them to to have better leverage on this. I think it's I think it's absolute crap that anything any money they make outside of WWE or at least through WWE goes it's against nuts, their downside. Right? Yeah, this is crazy. This this, yeah. this Twitch stuff is crazy. And also, on the insurance front, too, their situation... I mean, like, insurance is obviously a problem for lots of people all over the country. But, like, in the case of professional wrestlers, they are very, very hard to insure. And they have a very hard time getting insured. So they need some sort of risk pooling. They need some sort of... They need some sort of help on that front. So Well, I, they yeah, do. But they do mostly after wrestling. Because while they're with the WWE, the WWE takes care of all their medical bills. They're, 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 that doesn't come out of their salary or anything like that. They're not buying insurance. The, the company will get, will pay for anything that happens to them while they are under contract. It's once they leave that's the problem. At least that's that's my understanding of it. Yeah, because it, I mean, that's still a very consequential problem yes, because you're in the company yes. for maybe 10 years and you've got to walk on bad back or bad mm-hmm. knees for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's also part of the Legends deal. I think they do insure the people on the Legends deals. Don't quote me on that, though. Uh, that might just be a little little. Here you go. You know, a little bit extra money for residuals when you're in the next video game or something like that. Uh, but I believe talent that is under a contract uh, all the any any anytime they get hurt, that's covered by the company. Yeah, I, I, re- I remember that. It, there, there's just like a gray area after you leave the company, and obviously the company has fought um, in court people who have said that they've had injuries after the yeah. fact or whatever. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. No, there's there's still a big donut hole, if you will, for wrestlers. Um, and it's a it's a large one. Clash of Champions happened Sunday. COVID wrecking havoc, wreaking havoc. Read that correctly, Hawkins. In there. Uh, Nikki Cross, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax all taken off the card. I didn't necessarily enjoy this card after the ladder match, but the tag match on the pre-show was pretty good too. Um, that ladder match made me uncomfortable the more I watched it, to be honest with you, because the age, again, the age of the performers and then the, and then the ladder in the ear, <laughs> The wrist, the handcuff through the ear. Yeah. The high level of risk for very low levels of reward. Like Mm -hmm. I won't remember the spectacularness of any of those bumps in that ladder match. I remember it more as like kind of horrific to watch Jeff Hardy go through that much it had to be real pain. I mean, like, you know, I, I don't think there's any faking the way those ladders were just like smashing him or like the way, like it just kind of like, crumpled on him when they did the one, uh, was a swanton off the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that was a hard one. Or, to watch or, the, or the one that, when they were leaning the ladder down and they took the tumble over the top rope. Yeah. Basically crushed yes. himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like that's not, that's not fun for me to watch, especially not to someone who you know it's one thing to watch a 17 or 18 year old kid do it and like you know it's stupid but you, you know usually they just you know they bust themselves open and it's a dumb thing that happens to them but like when someone's like 43 or 44 you you know it's it just it hits different shall we say as the kids say and then everything else that happened there were rematches this week Pretty much. I mean, uh, and isn't that a swell thing? Um, and some of the things <laughs> on the card were rematches. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was, it was just, uh, well, play it back. We'll have them all go up against each other. Uh, I, I guess, you know, the, I, I don't know, the Drew Orton match was creative in some ways, bringing back everybody except Edge that Orton put out course then then we had the payoff to that on monday with glow in the dark and goggles and night vision right yeah no so the actual pay-per-view match with orton and mcintyre look uh obviously in in a way it's narratively satisfying to have everyone who orton injured get their comeuppance on orton in another way it doesn't make Drew McIntyre look the strongest he could possibly look. But then Orton dressed up like he's a member of Devo to close out Raw. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, right. He's in the blue jumper, you know, and he's got the glasses on. I'm just like, are we not men? Uh, you know, so, Clarice yeah. Starling from the end of uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> um, And then... Roman Reigns and Jay Uso, like, I like it. I thought the performances are good. I, I think the way they are doing this tribal chief stuff, it's just, it's over the top. Like, this could be so much more stripped down and less um, Samoa-fied, shall we say. The promo mid-match with Roman and, and Jimmy. Yes. It's a bit much. A bit much. Uh, the do you believe in miracles after the dive? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. I didn't mind it. Um, There's I, a I, lot of good stuff in that match. Yes. But Jay was never built up to be the threat that he needed to be to me. And then they're going to rerun it next month with the, <laughs> the real consequences. Okay, call your shot, Chris. What are the real consequences that will be in this match? Oh, well, they said it's going to be the worst consequences ever. And, and you've got to remember, earlier in this year, we saw a person lose their eye. So I think this is a death match. I think he's losing his Samoan heritage. And they're just going to strip him of his heritage? He, they're going to strip. They're going to kick him out of the tribe. Oh, he gets kicked out of the family entirely. Yes. Oh. Yes. oh. Because remember, Roman said he never would acknowledge me or whatever. And so I'm thinking this is the, you know, the pride of the tribe type match. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll go the other way. I think the consequence is that Jay has to accept the seat at the table. Like he has to do what Roman says from now. Oh, it's, oh, it's going to be, yeah. Your brother is now mine. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Jay has to listen to me now. Um, okay. yeah, and, and like that's how he torments Jimmy next. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I don't like those stories, but yeah. no, I, I, so like I didn't like that. I mean, I thought the more egregious thing tonight was, um, AJ Styles throwaway. Oh, pro- Th- that Go was, ahead. that Go was ahead. bad, Go right? Ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So AJ Styles comes out at the end of tonight's little skitlet between Jay and Roman. Which, again, hammy, a little over the top, a little too Lion King for me. Um, just a lot of stuff going on there. Just heavy-handed. AJ comes out, and he says, he talks about chicken bones. Um, what else did he say? What was, the other, what was the other thing that he said? I'll uh, pull it up here. Hold on a second. Like, yeah, um, oh, sacrifice a goat. F- goat, yeah. Sacrifice a goat. Um, really just kind of like leaning into the, you know, savages sort of thing here. Um, Mm -hmm. completely gratuitous. Uh, I, he won't get a talking to, but like you should get a talking to for that. That was a very, very bad call at minimum. Yeah. I, and especially at being AJ Styles, I, you know, the, yes, yeah, no, yes. Especially the Southern thing. His issues with some other talents backstage, too. His, his former issues, I believe. I believe he's had a homophobic statement in there somewhere, too. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, this was... But it is wrestling, so it, I don't know. I mean, I my, my radar is so off on this that I just view that as, oh, come on. But I can see people being real pissed about it. Yes, I, I would be very interested to know if it was off the cuff or if this was like a scripted thing. Yeah, no, uh, but it was it was a bad call. It should not have made TV. Uh, so Bobby Roode, is, Robert Roode is back, so I don't think he'll be the guy, the mystery person for NXT TakeOver. Could be. They could have just introduced him to then introduce him back down there. That's a very strong possibility. No, it's a classic WWE yeah. 2019 2020 move. Yeah. Um, anything else on the main? Oh, the Pat Matt Riddle promo. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it's so weird to see him on TV now. Like, well, here's here's the other yeah. weird thing: is that this Lucha House Party that that the breakup story 
didn't factor into that tag match on the pre-show at all. And now they're back to it again this this next week. It's another one of those things where they don't keep the stories going. And I just like, I don't really, I get that Kalisto's the guy who's separating from the other two guys, but like, I've really lost the thread as to like, who's really the good guy and who's really the bad guy at this point. <laughs> like it, it's, Kalisto's got a big head, but I don't, I, if you asked me like what's really been like the precipitating events, I can't come up with them. Yeah. Uh, Raw was last minute written again. So, and it looked like it and it felt like it. And it just, I mean, I guess Raw Underground is no more. Um, I no, it's not no more. It will be back, but I think that, and the retribution absence connects back to um, the extracurricular activities um, mm. and suboptimal choices made by some. Um, so in addition to that, uh, yeah, you also didn't have Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, as you mentioned earlier. Too. Yeah, next week is the draft, and the, <laughs> the annual draft, although everybody seems to be on another show despite whatever whenever they want the draft is so pointless i mean it you know you, you oh, well i won't say that the draft is for the three stars that are drafted to the other shows and this year it's going to be probably sasha or bailey probably either the uso or roman and then i don't some someone <laughs> someone oh on that, the Raw that could be the stipulation if when's uh when's the draft next week Oh, okay. So that's not the stipulation. I was gonna say. Well, no, you can de- you can have the stipulation, and then what'll happen is, the stipulation will be for the match three weeks later, and so they'll build it on both shows. Okay, sure, sure. Because they've done that before too. Uh, yeah, it's just so and so is now this on this show, even though the drafts in three days. Uh, it, these are the types of continuity things that drive someone like me who wants logic and order nuts. Yes, and it's shaking things up for the shake, sake of shaking things up without necessarily knowing. It's not shaking those ropes. No, it's shaking. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, so, I I don't know. I kind of just want to do a short show this week. I'm in such a <sighs> poor mood due to personal choices I made. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else on raw that's worth talking about Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are now a tag team yes that makes no uh, yeah though okay. they look similar Jeff you see um <laughs> and then our truth defeat who cares uh, I don't want to talk about Akira Tozawa still alive yeah they, yes they, they they're very amused with themselves that they might have killed Akira Tozawa last week in ribbing that no Cedric Alexander also absent in this show um true Murphy defeats Dominic Mysterio because we've now needed to turn that into a deeply, stupidly complicated, like, love angle triangle thing. <laughs> like, ugh, it's the worst. Um, and then um, Robert Roode is a guy who has long matches still, and they are long. Um, They're long. He's very good. But <laughs> he doesn't matter. It, it's... Uh... I loved that Bobby Roode and uh, Robert Roode and Chad Gable team. I did. I thought they were so much fun, dude. Um, I, I mean, you know, he 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 can be very good, especially in tag teams. Whenever, because what Robert Roode is really good at 
especially at this stage of his career, is interpersonal dynamic stuff in the ring. Um, and yeah, he really shines in a tag team because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, God, I, boy, do I have nothing else to say about this Raw. It was long. It felt hollow. And it uh, ended with Randy Orton looking like a member of Devo. Yeah. And then AEW, I, you know, the matches were fun, but, <laughs> you know, they it was like, here's a dive. Here's another dive. Here's another dive. Okay. Yeah, Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks was really Loved fun. It. That yeah. was my favorite match of the night. And yeah, then that was after really that, fun. Yeah. I mean, I liked SCU's promo. I, I kind of said after watching that, uh, whatever the FTR, Tony Schiavone, Matt Hardy thing, or Matt Jackson thing was, or is it Nick Jackson? I'm sorry. Uh, I just, I, yeah. I didn't care for that. And then, you know, it's too late for, <laughs> it's too late for JR to call that heinous. He didn't sell that as well as he could have, but SCU cut a good pro wrestling promo. We're going to go yes, to this match. We yes. want to do the thing. Right. I love no, it. No, I love that. We guarantee it. We're going to do it. Um, Yeah. I'll say I like the FTR match. I thought that was fun. Because, yeah. Yeah, I want I want Tully to act a little bit more managerial, like on two counts, you know, kind of go, oh, my God, that was so close. Those types of things, because right now he's just kind of positioning himself for each spot. And I understand, you know, his age and things limits what he can do exactly. But I want a little more Heyman J.J. Dillon from Tully versus kind of just waiting for the spot Tully. Uh, and I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Kazarian has been having a really sneaky good 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Time and again, he is in matches and involved in matches, um, not even as the featured piece, but uh, he always is just, he is really solid. Um, I, I've been really impressed with his work this year. Um, Chris Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, I think that Jericho's back elbow Judas effect thing looks like crap. And like, this is like one of the worst looking ones yet. I watched that and I know I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't listened to any other podcasts about it, but they were trying to get that Shelton Benjamin super kick HBK thing. Yes. With that. And here's my question because we've, we've brought up this question before. Does that help Isaiah Cassidy? Did the super kick help Shelton Benjamin in any way? Right. No. And and, and that was a spectacular. Of, I, I guess you could say it helped Shelton Benjamin in the sense that it solidified him as a good hand. Uh, yeah, it, it but that's been like it, it sort of a gifable forever. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But um, that spot was really rough looking and. I think it then speaks to another problem with Jericho and and why his attempt to help young talent results in like what I was dubbing the Sisyphus push in the last episode. It's like when you get hit with a back elbow and you go down and crumple like a deck of cards after you've been taking like emerald flosions and stuff throughout matches and other matches in AEW because they work so, you know, dives and topes and all that stuff out on the outside. But Jericho can level you with one back elbow. Yeah, how, how much build can you get off of that? I mean, getting getting laid out by Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music. I mean, there was something big about the quality wise about that move. That like you know, spinning back elbow from Jericho, especially when he's not crisp on it, is just always going to lack. I never thought I'd be tired of Chris Jericho, but I'm starting to <sighs> get weary. And this this 30th anniversary of him wrestling thing that they're doing, 
Um, I'm I'm good with it. We're gonna get. I think it looks like it's gonna be uh, Hager and and Jericho versus Doctor Luther and David Arquette. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm, I'm fine it. with the celebration. I'm I like the it. thing with him and MJF. I, I I I get what they're doing. I guess they may turn Sammy out of it all and then you know bring somebody else into the inner circle. That that might it might be like an MJF takes Sammy's space. That'd be interesting, but then, yeah, I, I, I don't, I think MJF's too big to be a second banana. Well, I mean, the other thing is, I think maybe eventually MJF takes Jericho out. So first, he they turn Sammy, then they turn on Jericho, and then you still have Hager and Wardlow and the. Pro, I, you know, I like. There's a number of different ways you can go about this, but like, it doesn't seem like MJF and Jericho are gonna become best friends. Final question for AEW: Are we getting the Dark Cody story? I'm confused by that story. Um, <laughs> it does sort of feel like he's falsely reconstructed himself, right? Like this felt like a veneer thing, like a, like a swerve ski. I loathe that promo. It started out okay, and then it just became a little bit too... He's got a formula to the way yeah. he does things where it's like there's the comic book modality, then there's the be a little bit like dusty modality. Um, there, there's a few notes to the Cody Rhodes promo that I've become very aware of. And he shifts gears hard each time. And it feels a little bit forced. I, Oh, I wanted to note this. Um, a lot of people aren't familiar with Billy Mitchell, but if, um, this is the guy from the oh, Miro. Yes. Yeah. From Miro and Kip Sabian are doing their thingy, uh, which is also not lighting my world on fire here. And it ended with Billy Mitchell appearing. Um, Excalibur calls him world record holder, Billy Mitchell. Which is not exactly right. There is a movie called The King of Kong. And it gets into how Billy Mitchell got his records uh, in Donkey Kong. And that's kind of his big claim to fame here. And he had one at one point, And he was indeed a world record holder in it. And then someone displaced him. And then Mitchell tried to reclaim the throne. Um, and The King of Kong details Mitchell's attempt to reclaim the throne shall we say he's a quintessential wrestling heel uh the the king of kong is a, if, as a wrestling fan i think you'll enjoy the movie a lot um oh i saw it a while ago yeah i, yeah, was, no, I yeah. you know I, I i i'm wrecking it for the audience too i know yeah. <laughs> but no like um I, he's a quintessential heel uh and he's booked very well like that but it was very weird it, as someone who who's aware of him uh, one i think he's a natural fit on a wrestling show two like are you saying he's a con man He's a tall grifter. <laughs> tall sleaze. Tall sleaze. Uh, but, like, it, uh, you saw how he's dressed. He dresses like that all the time. He dresses like Jim Cornette every day. Yeah, I remember when King of Kong came out, and everybody was like, oh, this is such a great underdog story. And, everybody, oh, it's my favorite documentary I've ever seen. And then then you started learning, learning the seedy details behind it, and you didn't feel so good about it anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, I, as I said, the thing I enjoyed most about that movie was not the underdog story, but um, the, the heel build of Billy Mitchell. Um, so he's, he's a good heel. Uh, it's just weird to see him elevated as a world record holder because it's kind of like... It, it, it's like a big asterisk. I'm around to like Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire or something like that. It's like, yeah, he hit home runs. Yes. 
<laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, other than on the, the uptick, we're talking about he cheated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go on, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsor this week. It's playoffs. My bookie means only one thing: winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. Although it's not summer, I it's the it's the fall. Let's just say no. It. Summer can be as long as you want it to be. It's this the everlasting. Year. Look, it's still triple digits out here in LA. Where the Lakers are in the playoffs. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Enter promo code ROPES and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. At this rate, you'd probably bet on whether either of the candidates for president make it to election day. <laughs> <laughs> you probably now be, you can bet, bet on the, the next bet. debates and whether they're going to happen or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like, too. I, that, I think that's a prop bet, actually. Yeah, no, I, I mean... That, you know I, what was a prop bet? I looked on my bookie, and okay. it was, yeah, it was whether or not Joe Biden came to the podium wearing a mask. Oh, And it was all right, plus all right. 250, and I almost put a wager on that one because I thought he would. Might have been a power move. Might have been a power move, but uh, sign up now to bet with the best, and, which isn't me, after this week in the stock market, and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Once again, that code is ROPES and double your first deposit. We thank MyBookie for sponsoring us and other shows across the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Oh, Chris, we have NXT and NXT and NXT TakeOver Preview. Where to begin Let's get UK out of the way. Yes, yeah, UK is pretty quick. <laughs> My one crack was that opening triple threat match to get into the tournament is the biggest who cares ever in the history of NXT UK. I got to push back on this, Jeff. I've never seen three men I could more accurately describe as wild cards. <laughs> Just Amir Jordan, Kenny Williams, and the whoop guy. And... I get it, but who thinks they're going to... Are they going to do... They make a run in the tournament. Like, they'll beat Noam Dar, you know, and and nobody's going to care. Yeah, no, I I think the way this plays out is first-round guy is going to lose to wild-card guy, and that's Noam Dar. No, I thought that was Trent Seven. Oh, here we go. I, I got something for you. Pete Dunne challenges... Uh, it was it was uh, it was Williams who won. So Pete Dunne challenges Williams for the spot in the tournament so he can go after Walter. My favorite thing about this match was that they really didn't hit home the tension between Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. Like they sort of brought it up, but like nothing developed during the course of this match. And it very well should have because Amir Jordan tried to insert himself into this match. Also narratively. You sort of would have expected Amir Jordan to win this match because he inserted himself into this match, thus being the catalyst for Kenny Williams' resentment. Uh, but now I'm very confused what the hell they're doing with the Kenny Williams-Amir Jordan storyline. Chris, the mystery. Another WWE mystery. Who attacked? Who attacked? 
I can't remember his name all of a sudden. <laughs> what his name is Flash Morgan, Flash Morgan Webster. Webster. Chuff, you, I'm losing my mind this week. I'm, I just haven't got enough sleep. Who attacked him, Chris? Because, I, you my know, gosh. It's hard to say. I you mean, know, look, here's the thing. Hmm. Sid Scala is a guy with shifty eyes. Yes. You okay. can't trust his hair. Shifty he kind of looks like that dude, the reporter yeah. of the week, who does the reviews mm-hmm. on the fast food. I don't trust that guy any farther than I can throw him. So it's probably him. I mean, could it have been Dave Mastiff? I oh, mean, he was yeah, walking yeah. down the hall, and he, he then came and watched him. And this is this is he's got a bit of an attitude. It's true. Mm-hmm. Or just maybe after having a bit of a blow up with them in the hallway last week, and then watching them in suits come by the carnage. Could have been the hunt who attacked Flash Morgan Webster. It's so weird, too, that the idea of how we're going to stylize them for their heel turn is to put them in suits. <laughs> we're now the hunt, but like we're like, we're the safari. Well, you know, now. some people some people put their pets in sweaters and stuff like that. We can we can put a primate in a suit. So like they're they're more like the dog show at this you know, point. Like, like, like he's a he, he's a he's a primate of wealth and taste. He's a billionaire primate <laughs> with a monocle and a what, top what hat. What did McGill Gorilla pipe. do for a job? Like, how? What, what, where would you put him in terms of he class He helped Mr. Status? Peebles. He helped Mr. Peebles at the pet store, didn't he? Okay. What do you think Mr. Peebles paid? How's Peebles think, doing? What do you think is minimum, like... Minimum wage, I think. He probably went on strike for 15. I, well, yeah, sure. I Andrew would, Yang, too. Andrew Yang came in and said, you know what? You animated animals. <laughs> Peebles has been holding out. I mean, this is this is a guy. You think look, he had health care? You think McGill and Gorilla had health care? I don't think Peebles. I, I think. I, I think, think Peebles is was what, a cheap bastard. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just a cheap right. ass bastard and his pet store. And we don't need you. That's what I'm saying. McGill and Gorilla never really had a chance of moving up in the world. And then uh, uh, the only. Th- well, God, do I want to go through this match by match? No. Uh, Zaya, Zaya Brookside, Lee. Zaya Brookside and Ginny. Why are you feeding Zaya Brookside, who should be sweetness and light and the baby face face of NXT UK now that Tony Storm's not around? This is the weird thing to me. So to you, Ginny. Do this, you do this big. Okay, I get building up Ginny because Ginny is going to go after Kaylee Ray. We've already set that up. But feeding Zaya Brookside to Ginny at this point makes no sense. If anything, you want to keep Zaya Brookside out of this because ideally, if you're going to get the belt off of Kaylee Ray and put it on Ginny or something like that, Zaya or Zaya Brookside, I was going to call her Zaya Lee myself, Zaya Brookside would be the kind of target storyline here to overcome Ginny at some point. Uh, oh, I'm so mad at this match because silly because it turned around on Zaya Brookside being petulant. She had the leg and then Ginny grabs the ropes and she has a temper tantrum when the referee tells her to break it. I mean, this match also just was not worked super well. Uh, there was a miscommunication when they went for the monkey flip and they did the WWE thing. And this is, you know, we we're talking about that happy medium between the looseness of AEW matches and the tightness of WWE matches. They missed the monkey flip the first time, and then they went back to the spot a second time. Yeah, and I, I don't have anything for NXT UK. I don't, I think, yeah, the, the, the look that Pete Dunne gave Ilya Dragunov seems to me that they're going to do Stone Cold Pete Dunne in NXT UK, I think. Yeah, I, you know... 
this this was fine. This new format, I think, is good. I think it's a nice way of showcasing off a different style of wrestling. Um, Did they mess it up because after the pin... They 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 said there was more time in the round, but they just went on to the round. Or the, is the round supposed to end? That's a, a thing pin? that that I'm not entirely clear on. Like that mm-hmm. that was kind of the second part of my comments. I, it's there's still some degree of ambiguity to me in terms of the rules and how these matches are supposed to be flowing. Um, so it was a little tricky for me to find what I'm looking for. I'm not saying don't keep doing this. Challenge me as a viewer and teach me new things, but I still need to learn what I'm watching. Right. Um, NXT was a night of just bad promos, I thought. I, I, like, I loved that first Kyle O'Reilly video. Yeah, no, I the, thought the, the Kyle O'Reilly tar- stuff the, was cool. What, what they call it? Prime Target. It's like, you're calling, you're now labeling these videos. Has there been a Prime Target video before? Um, did I did I miss one? No. Oh, oh, you know what else? Speaking of actual good videos, I thought the Eddie Dennis video was good, but I have zero confidence in them to deliver on Eddie Dennis. Man, I missed it. No, oh, dude. Um, I, I know it's like a total throwaway, but uh, this is a strikingly well-produced, like, 60-second little package thing. It's, like, really hmm. good. No, okay. it, was, it was really, really well done. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it was good. It was just worth noting. I will, I'll take your word for it. I'll, I'll go back and, and watch that. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for, the, for the actual NXT show before we – I mean, it, the first Kyle O'Reilly video was great, and then the, 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 the sit-down with HBK and – Finn Balor confused me because they, they made him seem like such a likable guy on the first video. And then the next video, he kept going in between being babyface and heel. And so did Finn. Yeah. yeah it, it was, I, I, this is the WWE alpha male syndrome thing and watching it play out, I think is always jarring, especially when they don't really commit on who's the babyface and who's the heel. Yeah, we, we had a lot of mixed messages on that because we had Adam Cole and Austin Theory. And we had a lot of Adam Cole saying how much faith he had in Kyle O'Reilly to win. Yes. Which always feels like a turn syndrome. But then it was also weird because there was no Bobby Fish on the show this week. And, like, I, I, I don't even know how to account for that. Yeah. Uh, can, we, can we stop doing back suplexes on the ring apron, please? Shotzi Blackheart and, and Dakota Kai. Oh God, that bump was really nasty. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that 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 thing. I just I just cringed. Yeah. Um. Um. And that and then Rich Holland and Cameron Grimes. I love Cameron Grimes. The boys honky tonk man, twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah. No. They they found this character and they've told them to lean into it ever more and ever more and ever more. And like this character would work so well if it was done way more subtle, mm-hmm. if he was cocky and arrogant, but like still mindful and, and also able to switch into a more cruel and methodical and like whatever, but like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's Oh, the Seth Rollins laugh? Yeah, he does. Oh, that's what we Oh, that's what I missed on on our main roster recap. Dude, it's 2020. We have Jerry Lawler involved in an angle involving a 30-something superstar messaging a teenager. What? Oh, it's so weird. 
and she's it's going, creepy. I'm 19, it's fine, and no, yeah, no one's challenging Murphy on this for the thing that he should be challenged Murphy comes on. off creepy, Jerry yes. Lawler's always been a bit of a creep when it, and liked him young. And, and Rollins, of course, comes off creepy because he's trying to introduce this dynamic and promote it. Yeah, and then, and then of course, <laughs> getting getting Romeo and Juliet. Oh, no, but not just Romeo and Juliet. Like, imagine William Shakespeare, but performed by the Mysterio family, who <laughs> are some of the greatest actors that we've ever seen in professional wrestling. I mean, yes, obviously, Ray's a Lucha Libre legend. Uh, he's a real innovator of offense in the ring. But on the microphone, he's truly something else. Not great is what he is on the microphone. <laughs> but soft, what light through yonder window breaks? It is the east, and Juliet is the sun. <laughs> you are my daughter, and you are just 19. You do not know the ways of our world. Stop it, Dad! I am old enough now to make my own decisions. I have feelings and I want to feel them. Oh, I'm Murphy. doing this for you. I have oh. to go out there and fight Murphy now as your brother who I am because of you. You don't understand. Oh, Murphy, Murphy, wherefore art thou, my Murphy? Deny thy father and refuse thy name. Oh, if thou wilt not be but sworn, my love, and I'll never longer be a Mysterio. <laughs> to Murph or not to Murph. To Murph. That is the question. Whether it is noble or to follow the Monday Night Messiah and remove eyeballs from various talent on the roster or to follow my heart. What Alas, shall I do? <laughs> Alas, poor Ricochet. I knew him well. A man of infinite stupidity and aerial moves. <laughs> him, him and Apollo Crews really are the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of this horrible <laughs> abomination of a Shakespeare play that we have here. Well, I'm supposed to take this letter to somebody? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> take it to the Hurt Business? All right. <laughs> Hey guys, here's a letter. <laughs> now I want nothing more than this. Like I, what I I want more. I, the Mysterio <laughs> acting stuff is some of my favorite stuff every week. Like I, it's not good, but like it's so bad, it's good. Oh god, it's like the room. Yeah, we have the McMahon's doing Macbeth story. <laughs> They've done Stephanie, that. Stephanie comes out, unsex me here. And <laughs> oh yeah, they well they kind of have just yeah. poorly. Yeah, no, they've they've done that, but but poorly. And they've also done like horrible versions of Game of Thrones too along the way here. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Team Apothecary and Romeo and Juliet, by the way. Yeah, um, just... Other things on NXT that we need to hit here. Uh, Zaylee slowly turning heel. It's not even slowly. She she did it last week. They just haven't gotten to it yet. They think they're doing it slow. Right. Yeah, yeah, Because it's like, I mean, the way they're doing it makes Carter and Kat Nazaro seem like they really have no idea what's about to hit them, which makes them right. really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Candice and Johnny defeat uh, Damian Priest and Io Shirai. God, what a dumb, what a, I hated this promo. 
by Damien Priest. Oh God, those two look like I'm gonna go losers. live in infamy. Or <laughs> you're <laughs> you're pretty fuck? cool, EO. And then EO cuts a very long promo in Japanese, and she goes, "He is all right." And I'm just like, I hate this. You guys, <laughs> he's okie dokie. Yeah, like no. No. It's like every bad 80s movie featuring a Japanese person. Yes. No, you know, like no. Like gung-ho. Or... And, well, yeah, and Priest is like, yeah, like the rocker dude guy, like uh, from Breakfast Club. Yeah. He's John Bender from Breakfast Club. <laughs> all, all the NXT kids in detention. And he's just... Oh, okay, well, let's go over this takeover and get out of here. We w- we went long last week. We'll go short this week. Uh, anything to say on SmackDown here? Um, oh, I, th- I thought we did everything yeah, on SmackDown. O- that needed Otis said. defeats John Morrison. Uh, we got... Notice- oh, we're getting Bailey and Sasha next week. Right. What? That, what? She's still in a damn neck brace. It's so weird. Well, no, she took it off to be brave. No, okay. And, you know, she couldn't even get the neck brace off, which would have hurt her neck while she was trying to take it off. I I love Sasha, but, man, that promo did nothing for me. This screams that either Sasha wins and Bailey gets drafted to Raw, or... They're just finishing this off next week. Or they, or, you know, there has, there ha, there, they can't do this match. They, and then they have to separate them somehow, right? Or are they gonna are they gonna do hell in a cell with these two and then go their separate ways? That might be it. I mean, this yet again, it's the the weird thing about the draft is it's just this weird knee jerk reaction to football being on TV. And all well, it's, it's, it's 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 that and new toy syndrome. Mm-hmm. We need to shake things up because these guys got lazy. That's not really the problem here. No, it's not, but uh, there is one last thing on NXT to bring up, but we will do that in the course of our preview of NXT TakeOver 31. Okay. This Sunday from, I believe, the Performance Center. I do not believe they will be in the Thunderdome again. Five matches, all singles matches, so they may add something. Uh, Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Oh, what what a fantastic build this was to this match. What a garbage face to face this was. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Like I I beat you once, I can do it again. You think you can come up here and do it? You know, it, it's it's I've seen bad better promos in Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I just I don't know. Singles match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Who do you have here? I've got Santos Escobar retaining. Yeah, I believe uh, that faction is strong still and they will eventually help. <laughs> a g- they couldn't even call it a loaded mask. They uh, a mask that has been uh, upgraded or something uh, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, enhanced. Yeah, yeah. Enhanced, an enhanced mask. That's what it was. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in in the take a shower after you finish watching this match, Kushida takes on Velveteen Dream. Fourth uh, time they've tried to reboot Kushida with that same video package. I know, but then it's all been about Kushida's new attitude here, and it hasn't really been about Velveteen Dream. I'm going to say Kushida wins. Everything points to Kushida winning. That's why I'm going with Velveteen Dream. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely understand. I understand the pull. But but something about him being fourth, like or at the open of the card here, 
um, or near the open of the card here and not at the top of the card here anymore. Um, and the fact that a lot of focus has been on Kushida, and it's like, how many times can you rebuild them? I just got to go Kushida. I got to go Kushida. Io Shirai against Candice LeRae for the NXT Women's Championship. So I, I think the story of the night here is Candice and Johnny get crowned. And so I, I do think. Uh, oh. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. See, I went with standard WWE booking, which is because Candice and Johnny were standing strong at the end of the night, they lose. Maybe just one of them gets it. Maybe they get, but I think they, I think the Gargano family comes home with one title out of this takeover. If they do, so it's, it's this one. It's going to be EO. And I think EO Shirai gets moved up. How about that? That makes and then you can sense. Have, and then you can have Candice lose to Rhea Ripley. I could see that. I, I mean, Damian Priest in that North American title seems more tenuous than I think we're maybe giving it credit. He seems like a strong champion, but they're not super committed to this guy. He's also tall, and Vince may like him. Yep. Yep. But, I'm just saying, because I don't think Finn Balor, I don't think Finn Balor is going to lose to Kyle O'Reilly, although I am... Very here for Kyle O'Reilly as NXT champion at some point. All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, so Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae, you have? I have Candice winning. I have Candice winning as well. Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. I got Johnny winning. Okay, I have Damian Priest retaining. And uh, and that'll add some uh, friction in there. Although Gargano, <laughs> she broke our television, so her leg deserves to be <laughs> I'm like that's such a great heel line I, I love him as a heel but he's just so miscast here yeah they just there's a there's a there's a good heel character in that couple it's they've it's weird it's still not clicking for me and I finally it, but yeah Finn Balor taking on Kyle O'Reilly you've already said you could see Finn Balor winning this I think Finn Balor wins this as well. Does the schism in the Undisputed Era happen, or do they just hint at it? I think they just hint at it. It'll be interesting to see if Adam is the good guy here for real skis, and it's like Roddy, who's the bad guy. Maybe Bobby Fish has been off camera for a while um, because we want to set up a big return of him in a kind of nefarious way. Um, him betraying Kyle O'Reilly would be, you know, poignant, to say the least. I think, see, I get the feeling we're going to have one of those WWE-style things where Kyle, not Kyle, but uh, Roddy or Bobby Fish come down to try and help Kyle O'Reilly win the title, and they accidentally hit him, and then it becomes a full-on turn. Because accidents just can't happen. They, there has to be something behind it. So I, I think, yeah, I think Bobby Fish probably ends up nailing Kyle O'Reilly accidentally instead of Balor and causes him the cost him the title at the end. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Be interesting, like maybe oh. Bobby Fish threw in the towel for Kyle O'Reilly, and Kyle O'Reilly was not going to give up. Like he screws over Kyle that way. Kind of the, and then, and then he's no longer part of the tribe. Kind of like Bob Backlund style. <laughs> Seeing Arnold Scaland 
Ooh. Yeah. I was going I was going way back. You like that? Yeah, I did. Uh, anything else in wrestling you want to mention? I, I don't think so. Anything COVID related you want to mention because Hey, we're we're a mask people. Be safe. Uh, this is a this is a serious disease and um, you know, just make smart decisions and just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not there. And the two big factors in the stock market are greed and fear. Do not succumb to either of them. I had a really, really bad week. Uh, you can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Chris, <laughs> politics has just been screwed up this week. Yeah, so there's going to be another don't worry about the government out here. When the time makes sense, I'm obviously following everything that's going on right now, but uh, there's no prize for being first, as I like to say, uh, although people sometimes act to the contrary in what I do over there. But we do have a review of the first presidential debate. For those of you interested in that, uh, just taped a couple of days ago, nicely edited with little clips and everything. Very proud of it. Great episode. Arya Cohen-Wade from... Uh, bloggingheads.tv came on so check that out over at don'tworry.tv on itunes on stitcher and on spotify once again we'd like to thank my bookie for sponsoring us use code ropes double your first deposit and next week chris our draft post-mortem i can't wait because you know the usa guys they were so pumped last time when they got who was it natalia and here's rob mccarran with his preview Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.